Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast, where your hosts connect you with inspirational women from around the globe and chat about topics relevant to today's modern woman. Here are your hosts. Good morning. I'm Jules. I'm the CEO of Julie Clyde Creative. Um, we help female entrepreneurs to distinguish themselves from everyday brands by making pretty logos and branding guides. <laughs> I'm in a silly mood this morning because I'm hanging out with my best friend, Megan, and we're actually going to be talking about friendships and the good and the bad and the ugly side of them. Yes, and there's all <laughs> sides of it. I don't know. Me personally, I'm one of those people that most of my life I struggled with friendships because I and my counselor pointed this out. I wanted people to fit into this little Megan box. So they, I had the same expectations that every person, despite the fact that we're all different, we're all going to fit these criteria. And if they didn't fit the criteria, they couldn't be my friend. And she's like, well, why couldn't they be your friend if they don't fit that criteria? And she likened it to like a target, you know, like you have your inner, your bullseye, and those are your close, close friends you could tell anything to. And then the outer ring is they're, they're friends, you like them, but you can't open your heart and so on and so forth all the way out until it's the people that don't come near me with like a hundred feet radius or I might chew your head off. <laughs> and so <laughs> um, um, um. I realized like we're all different and I can't expect that all friendships are going to fall into that. And what really opened my eyes was not just that, but I recently read Frentimacy by Shasta Nelson, and we hope to get her on the podcast soon. So if anybody knows her, you can hook us up. That would be unreal. Info at inspiredwomenpodcast.com. But anyways, Frentimacy, and I'm going to be reading her other book as well um, with my book club. So if anybody's interested in the book club, go under my website, uh, click on freebies, and you can sign up for the book club, or click on the book list that I have on there. But anyways... Uh, we're going to be reading her other book. And it opened my eyes to, yeah, our friendships aren't going to. We're going to have different levels of friendships. Some people are going to be those friends that we can, you know, have a podcast with and open our entire hearts to. And then we're going to have those friends that are fun to hang out with. But, you know, they're not the people that you're going to invite over to your house when your house is a hot mess and your children are running around half naked and, you know, all that good jazz. The judgy McJudgies. The judgy McJudgies, yes. And we've, we've all had those. I mean, because people are judgmental. And it really takes, she talks about in her book, like there's different tiers that people have to fulfill in order to reach, reach that frentimacy, that high level of friendship. And if you don't quite fill all those different buckets, you can't reach that level, which totally makes sense. I have tons of people I love hanging out with. They're a lot of fun, but I certainly would not invite them over to my house when my house is a hot mess or yep. ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly right. You have to have your your special people, especially when things are going wrong or you're stressed, and then you have friends and acquaintances and then, you know, the social, you'll see them and say hi in a social situation but not, not bring them all the way in. It's like we can use our friendship for a really good example. It's, I have never been one that's connected well with girls in general um, and it took me to – probably grade I want to say two or three and I met Anna and she was like she still is now we're still really good friends um she was like my best friend through through primary school and I moved schools um but I can only remember her being like my actual close buddy friend um and then I met Bridget who you, you know all about my Bridget she's a phenomenal woman um She's back home in Australia, so hi, B, if you're listening. <laughs> you better be listening. No. Um, 
and we have been inseparable ever since school. Um, and then, yeah, I met you and I remember sitting there next to you thinking, you seriously, you're going to be my friend. And it wasn't until I ran into you in the, like, common area at Modern Femme and you were like, hi, I'm Megan. I was like, I know, I met you at the thing before Christmas. You went, oh, that's right. And it was on from there. Like, we just, <laughs> the in, yeah, the entire weekend. I don't know what it was, but I just went with my gut on that one and it was it was awesome. And now we are here. And I think both of us in that moment in time are showing up as ourselves. You know, mm. I think that was a lot of the problems with my friendships before is I would put on this fat Kate and, you know, try to fit in versus just being like, this is me, accept me or don't accept me. And I always thought that people had to be that best friend. Like, they all had to be best my best friend. Like, I just couldn't have, like, people that were just acquaintances or just friends. And I was always jealous of other people's really close friendships because I didn't have a lot of those. And mine were always falling apart. Like, every yep. one of my, my really close people that I've considered my best friends in the last forever have all fallen apart. But they fell apart because, one we didn't take that time to continue to cultivate it. You can't expect a friendship to just stay a, you know, that level of friendship and you don't talk. Um, but also because I changed and I grew and I came into my own and started being exactly who I was. And I think that's, they didn't expect that. Like they didn't expect that for me because they saw me a certain way. And then I came out like, as like, hello, here I am. And it was not what was expected. I always say, you know, I was that, um, for several of my friends from like high school and college, I was that, I would say more college than high school. I was that, that big fat friend, that drunk friend, you know, have you ever heard the song, um, um, big fat friends? Did you ever hear it? Or, nope. Oh, hold on. <laughs> you have to sing it. Come on. No, no, I'm not going to sing it. It's inappropriate. So you guys will have to listen to it on your own. For guys listening back home, college here is university for us. Oh, okay. Okay. But college for us back home is the last two years of high school. Oh. They can actually separate out high school so year 11 and 12 are just on their own and that's what I did. I went to a, a local college, which is funny that you say that because I had never felt more like alone in my life when I went to college because I'd left my safety net of the Bridget and <laughs> was going to a new school and I just resorted back to what I loved doing, which was playing football, with, which is – touch football which I don't know what that is in your terms it's not NFL <laughs> um flag football but yeah but playing no 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 it's, it's the round rugby ball um oh. it's just like touch rugby oh okay with the guys at school because I fit in with the PE guys but again I resorted back to the friendship circle of guys because the teenage girls I just couldn't associate or connect with on hardly any level because I wasn't beautician babe with nice nails I I wasn't into fashion I wasn't into a lot of things that they were thankfully it was a really creative school so I connected with like some of the music kids a lot of the PE kids um it's really strange looking back now and seeing teenage me to where I am now and I have far more female friends now but my sister and I which I know you and I've spoken of a lot we were so close growing up until sort of those mid to late teenage years and she to me felt like she was growing into her own and she was getting a friend circle and she she wasn't home as much which is what usually goes on um and I guess I was feeling like I was getting left behind so I went and tried to find my own circle where in fact 
we were both completely lost and completely not sure of what this teenage picture looked like. And it wasn't until like early 20s, we were sitting down one night and she said to me, I wish you would let me hang out with you as a teenager. And I went, what? You wanted to, but you had all your friends. And she said, yeah, they weren't really friends though. And I always regretted that. Like I never said to her, well, why didn't you say something or you know, why didn't I invite you more to the point? She shouldn't have had to say anything. Yeah, with my sister, we weren't really close until until adulthood. Uh, I mean, we were close-ish when we were growing up, but we were two completely different people. We still are two completely different people. Uh, but we, she hung out in a different crowd than I did, and she did wild things. While I was literally, and people don't believe me when they meet me, and I tell them <laughs> I was a nerd. Like I, like I barely partied, and the one time I did party, I got pregnant. that was one hell of a party that was one hell of a party but I was not the party animal I didn't hang out with those kind of people I was the you know I graduated fifth in my class from high school and I was the nerd I was the you know person that was studying and was my they called my mom on senior skip day so here they have senior skip day and all the seniors skip the same day all the seniors in high school um so it's grade 12 they all skip on the same day and the school was calling all the parents and was like, called my mom and said, you know that your daughter's skipping at senior skip day today? And she's like, yeah, she's sitting right here with her daughter. Why should she go to school when nobody else is? Like, might as well stay home. And that's what I was. All the other kids were like partying and doing wild stuff. And I was sitting at home with my baby. Like, <laughs> I was not one of those people. And all of my friends, I mean, I had friends that were party animals, but I just didn't fit in. Uh, and then in college, I became the party animal because I thought that's how I made friends. Because when I started going to the bar, I had all of these friends. And put I can put that in quotation mark. Like, all these friends. But it was really because, like I said, I was the big fat friend. I was the drunk chick. And by the way, the name of the, the song is She she's she Got a Smile. And it's by Stephen Lynch. And it's very inappropriate, so don't listen to it around children. But <laughs> it talks about how, you know, this girl's really cute. And the guy's interested in her. But then she's got this friend. Like, she's got this friend that he's got to get somebody to take away so that she he can be with her, her friend. And so I was always that friend. Like, I had these friends that were really beautiful, and, you know, they'd get their hair and their nails and everything done in college. And I was like, oh, these, these women, they're accepting me, and I'm, I fit in, and I feel so cool. But I had this, none, only, like, one out of all of those people still talk to me today. And it's because I had that role to play. I had, you know, I will see these people when I go up to New York and visit, and they'll have stories to tell about Megan in her drunken days. And because I filled that role. I was the chick that would do stupid stuff that everybody could tell stories about. And it was really funny. Except it's not so funny when 10 years later, they're still telling you those stories. I'm like, I was there. I'm pretty sure I know what <laughs> that I did. That was on. me. That was me. <laughs> so I, I, I had all these friends, but they weren't really my friends because I just filled that role for them. I was the drunk chick. I was the chick that, you know... Uh, they could find a dude and the dude might have a friend and I was the chick they passed on to the friend, you know, like, oh, here, Megan. And, you know, by that time I'm like seeing double. So I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't know what you are. Then you <laughs> the next morning. And have you ever watched Coyote Ugly? Yes. Yeah. I love they that talk film. about the Coyote Ugly date where you want to chew your arm off the next day. <laughs> I had a couple of those. A lot of those. I, I had just... one of those mornings. Um, Chris and I weren't together. Um, We'd been apart. This was in that two-year, three-year. Debatable, I say four-year. He reckons it was only two. <laughs> but I woke up one morning having been out all night partying 
and I got elbowed in the head. And I remember waking up and going, oh, my God, who is next to me? Like, who is in my room? Sorry, Mum, I didn't do this often. And I woke up and I went, <laughs> holy shit. Anyway, lo and behold, it was Chris. And I just remember looking at him going, how the hell are you here and why am I? And he's like, it's okay, you're still in your clothes. Nothing happened. You called me to bring you home last night because you were rip-roaring drunk. And he said, and I came and picked you up. And I was like, you're in Canberra? And he went, funnily enough, I just happened to be in Canberra. But he said the whole way home, he was just laughing his head off in the car because I was obviously drunk jewels and the world is a wonderful place. But I was also that person because I came, I went over to the UK for a year and I sort of made a, a nice group of friends and then I came back and I had to start again. And it's like the story of my life is I, I'm i learning to have to start again and to pick up and make more friends and to carry on. Anyway, I came home and I was the drunk girl. I was out Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, guaranteed. I had this great group of friends. <laughs> One of my girlfriends didn't drink, didn't party. She she was very sensible. Um and I remember her after about a year of doing this said to me, it was after the car accident I was telling you about, and my designated driver decided that he was drinking and nearly nearly killed all of us in the car. Um, anyway, she said to me, so you have all these friends? Yep. She said, I challenge you not to go out for a month. And she said, and tell me how many friends you have at the end of that month period. So I went to work and I said to my boss, I want to come and do the morning shift instead of the afternoons now. Do you have any room? He said, yeah, I'll put you on 5 a.m. until 3 p.m., I think it was, or like 5 till 12, or he, he changed it up. And I was like, okay, he goes, you can't be going out. You have to stick to it. So he held me accountable. She held me accountable. It was so funny. At the end of that month, I was the richest woman I knew, and I had no friends. <laughs> or I had that really small pocket because they were, all the party animals were like, well, she's not going to pick us up. She's not going to um, come out and party with us and she's boring now because she's working and she's studying. And that was a really big eye-opener for me, just who was actually my friends and who was just there to enjoy drunk jewels and egg drunk jewels on. <laughs> they still try to egg drunk Megan on. And, and mind you, drunk <laughs> Megan does come on occasion. Yeah, yeah, so does drunk jewels, <laughs> but it's really rare now. <laughs> and now it's not like uh, – now it's with certain people. Like I – every time I go out drinking, it's not – I'm bound to get drunk. It's, you know, I'm going to choose. Like this past weekend I went out with a girlfriend of mine whose husband's deployed and we were having a good time. And I got pretty drunk. Yeah, I did. It was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at our house playing Cards of Humanity and then your son threw up on you when you got home. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was a good time. It's all, yeah, it's just fun times like that. But uh, then I, I, you know, after high, or after college, I, well, I dropped out of college and I ended up pregnant with my second daughter and I was in a not-so-awesome relationship and I had no friends. None. Mm. I had one and I didn't see her a lot because she didn't like my relationship and she didn't agree with what was going on and we were in different spots in our lives and stuff but I, I didn't have anybody like I was by myself and then I met Jeremy and I moved here and it was hard because I was in a new place I didn't know anybody and I had to completely make friends from like scratch like I didn't yeah. I didn't even have like contacts here where I could be like Jeremy didn't have people to introduce me to. None of them had girlfriends. I mean, he was the single guy before, so all of his friends were single guys. You know, it wasn't like they had people that I could get introduced to. So I 
had to slowly make them and I made some with, you know, the women at his, the wives at his command, which was a really bad idea. Well, this one girl, I, I, when I first met her, my gut said, do not be friends with this woman. And so for a couple months, I just wrote her off. I didn't have anything to do with her. And then I saw everybody else was being friends with her. So against my better judgment, I was like, well, if everybody else is friends with her, I should be friends with her too, right? No, no, it was a very bad idea. It ended quite badly. Uh, especially because she's bipolar and I don't, I'm not saying that lightly. She was diagnosed bipolar and wouldn't take her meds sometimes. So one day you're like great and you're like best friends and everything's going awesome. And the next day it's like, I don't know what I did to you. And she's screaming and yelling and losing her freaking mind. And it's a serious, and and we've said this before, we're definitely going to do a podcast on, uh, you know, mental health. It's a serious thing. And it's like a, a, you know, it's a chemical imbalance. Those are people that have to have medication to help them stay sane. So when they're not taking it, it's a big problem. And for those years, those first three years of my marriage, I just wanted to fit in and for people to love me. So we said in the podcast with Katie, which I was just listening to right before (laughs) we got on this, I came from a place of desperation because I wanted people to accept me. And I didn't make a lot of close friends I had friends that I, I thought were my close friends, but then literally were those friendships were falling apart. They didn't exist anymore and everything. And so it wasn't until recently that I started actually forming friendships. They didn't have to fit in the box. It was fine. I have friendships of all varieties and I'm good and I'm happy. And I know that I have people that I'm like, oh, if I want to go grab a drink or get dinner, that have those people that I can grab it with. Yeah, I can definitely grab it with you. You know, I have have this variety of friendships that are going on and I just show up as myself. And sometimes people don't accept that and that's cool. And those aren't my people. And sometimes they do accept that and that's amazing. But I feel like the reason that I'm able to sustain and, and have true friendships now is because I don't try to fit in and I don't pretend to be something I'm not. Instead, I'm just like, here I am. Accept me or don't accept me. Uh, this is how I am. The thing I've learned in the last five years is has been a really hard lesson, but is always, always trust your gut. So if your first impression or even your second impression, because sometimes that first time we've talked about, they can be just having a bad day. But um, if that second one still gives you the same gut instinct, it's usually 100% right. But there's so many times that brain gets in the way and says, oh, no, no, give them another try. Let, you know, go out and have a coffee or go out and do something and you leave it and you're just like, oh, why did I just do that to myself again? And that sort of perpetuates the cycle of having to keep being nice to someone when you don't really feel like you need to be. And it's, it, that came out wrong. But, you know, like you, you don't have to go and be connected to that person. You don't have to go above and beyond. That's the right sentence. You can smile <laughs> and say hi and be friendly when you see them, but you don't have to go and have dinner or breakfast or whatever. It's as easy as saying, I'm busy. People don't know what's on your schedule. They can't see what's going on in your life. They don't know you're sitting at home watching Game of Thrones instead of <laughs> instead of going out and having dinner with them. They don't know. They don't have yeah. to know. Like, don't post it on social media. You're good. <laughs> that, that's why I have a paper planner diary 
journal, whatever you want to call it. You call it, it diary. Just say diary. I call it a diary, but no one knows what that is. <laughs> we'll do, we should, we'll do a podcast of Australian words and American meanings. <laughs> you, you shared a video the other day and tagged Lauren in it. And it oh, was, so funny. I was laughing so hard because I was like, I have no idea what they just said. <laughs> yeah. Can we go down the road to the servo and go on a Macca's run on the way home? <laughs> <laughs> can we go to the gas station get some petrol and go to McDonald's on the way home <laughs> <laughs> but that's true nobody knows what's on your schedule and they don't have yeah. to know and you don't have to you don't have to that's our right as human beings and we beat ourselves up because we're like we're being judgmental no there's a difference between uh, and my counselor said this and yes I saw a counselor for a long time doesn't make me crazy it's good um, but <laughs> Uh, it actually helped me because it helped me so much because I had so much baggage to work through. But yep. um, she said, you know, judgment isn't always a bad thing. It's bad if you're looking at somebody of a different, you know, color and judging them by their color, or you're yeah. judging somebody based on what they're wearing, or you're judging somebody based on their hair color or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, those those things, or you're judging somebody because they voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going around a lot right now. So, you know, or or vice versa. You're judging somebody because they voted for Hillary Clinton. And I had, like, a fun conversation with my father yesterday about this whole thing. And I'm like, just, you're not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not have this conversation. I come from a place of empathy and compassion. Not everybody mm. does that. But, you know, sometimes the judgment is trusting your gut. And, you're, and your gut's telling you, no, don't do this. Don't be in this situation. Mm. Don't. And that's a different... You're, that's a protecting yourself. It's kind of like if you see somebody and they're standing on the corner and it looks like they have a gun in their pocket. You're not judging them, like, based on who they are. You're judging them because you see a gun-like bulge on their pocket. Yeah, that would be a point where you want to say, not that bulge. <laughs> not that kind of bulge, dude. I'm sorry. But that's where you're saying, like, maybe I shouldn't. I should cross the street and not be near that person. Yeah. You know, there's a difference between judging somebody based on what they look like or what they do or, you know, who they are versus like judging them because this doesn't feel right. This, yeah. this person or situation doesn't feel right to me. And in friend intimacy, it even says <clears throat> so, to you, somebody might be a toxic friend. They might be negative. It might, but they might have friends that don't see them that way. Yeah. It might be just with you. And that doesn't mean anything bad. That just means somehow you have allowed that to happen. Sometimes, you know, you either like the first, second, third, fifth time that they were talking crap about somebody else, you didn't stop them and say, I'm not participating. You know, yeah. that's, that's the point is when, you know, people are like, I don't want drop in my life, but are you participating in it? You don't actually have to be doing it. But if you're allowing people to talk like that around you or act like that around you, you are allowing it into your life. I have a couple of guy friends back home and both of them have just come out of like long-term relationships that were toxic for them and they're both the like sweetest gentlest guys I've ever met but the people that they were with didn't necessarily connect with them in the right way so it was a very toxic hostile relationship and it's been really nice watching them over the last sort of five years coming through that and finding people that do connect with them and do make them better as a person not going back to those toxic ways it's not necessarily like one-sided in that respect like it takes both parties to create that environment but I guess yeah 
it's it's that whole thing of what do they bring out in you or how do they make you feel in order for you to either react or not yeah in a relationship part of it's us and part of it's them you know if we are not having open and honest conversations we're not stopping things like the first time that they say something mean to us and say this is not appropriate i won't put up with this and we continue to allow things to happen it's partially us and people will argue with me about that all the time but when is the time that you walk away? What is the time you say, I'm yeah. not going to put up with this. This is not, you know, this is not going to happen to me. Now, I'm not saying that it's it's okay for somebody to treat you like that. But when it comes to friendships or relationships or anything is when do you draw the line? When do you say like the first time that they've started talking completely negative and tearing somebody else apart, you say, no, I'm not going to participate in this. I don't talk about people like that. And I don't want to. And I know when I was... Uh, first moved here and I was a I mean the first couple years I lived here and I was a, a new Navy spouse I didn't know that's what got me in trouble the most is not because I was participating in talking crap about people I mean I did sometimes but I was allowing people because I felt I needed to fit in I was allowing people to have those conversations around me so people would say you know you know somebody would say something like oh so and so was talking about you and these people were there well, the finger was pointing at me because I was there and I was allowing it to happen. Instead of saying, no, I'm not having this conversation with you right now. This is not appropriate. Like, nobody deserves to be talked to like that. And, you know, you have those bored Navy spouses. I just had a conversation with my friend this weekend about it who are bored. Their husbands are deployed or out to sea and they need to have something to keep them entertained. And, I mean, it's not it's not the majority, like we said on the podcast with Casey, but they they exist and they're the ones that give everybody else a bad rap because they get bored and they feel like they got to stir the pot and they got to stir up drama. I remember I had one girl, like literally one wife, tear me apart on Facebook. And I mean, like, I was crying on the floor in my living room because she had comment under it. And, my, and that was during my time of where I just was desperate to fit in. And instead of seeing that and, and trying to support me or taking me aside and saying, like, I see this and this might not be the way to make friends on Facebook, tore me apart. And then other wives from the boat were liking it. And I'm like mm. bawling on my floor. And you know that behind the scenes that they're probably all sending a private message to each other as well. Yeah. Hey, have you seen this post? Yeah. It's trolling. It's disgusting. And it, it is. It's getting worse because the people think they have access to you 100% of the time now because you've got social media. But unhappy people make other people unhappy. Yes. And this person that had made that comment that made me cry um, was an unhappy person. It still is an unhappy yes. person today. Like, I, it's the fact that, like, any time I've had a conversation with her, instead of saying, like, my – instead of showing the bright side of her life, there's always something negative that she's got to say about her life. And, and, you know, how horrible her life is. And I'm, like, looking at, and I'm, like, do you not see, like, all these other things you have going on that are fantastic? So it's one of those people that can't, they're always seeing the glass half empty and everything like that. So unhappy person wanted to bring other people down to her level, knowingly or unknowingly, and tore me apart and made me cry on my living room floor. And that was only, like, four years ago. <laughs> Well, you only met me a year ago. Yeah. But I mean, now I don't, I don't pretend and I don't feel like the need to drink heavily just to fit in because then I make myself comfortable. No, I can be comfortable. Before I felt I needed to drink heavily just to fit in because I was so uncomfortable trying to fit in and not be myself that I had to dull that, that pain inside of me. Now I show up and if I drink heavily, it's just because I choose to. 
<laughs> but that that comes back to the Simon Sinek talk. I know it's it's based around millennials, but it goes through the the patterns of growth with a human and they say up until a child is about 10 years old, their main goal in life is to fit in in the, the family social circle and that's all that they can think about. So they strive to be the best and do the best and behave and all those like common core sort of values. And then from the age of sort of 12-ish, they sort of adjust between the two years. To, from 12 onwards, that's when they really start fighting to fit into a social scene and that can often be where alcohol, drugs, um, gambling, like all that sort of abuse side comes into it and Facebook and social media are now being included in that as a, a form of abuse because you can be addicted to social media. Getting a like is just as um, impactful on your mind as taking cocaine. There's, there's actual, I think it's cocaine, but it's like hard drugs. It gives you the same reaction in your brain um, and a lot of kids and even us as a generation are getting addicted to it and relying on it. And so when people are starting to troll the one place that you get joy and happiness from, that can have huge implications on people. That's why like the older generation, my mum and dad, for example, say, just turn your phone off or just turn the computer off or, you know, delete your account or do this or do that or do the other. And it's really hard for them to see the addiction side of, of getting on social media and being confronted with that behaviour behind a keyboard. Like people can type stuff. You can type, it will destroy you and it can have so many different meanings or it can be said in such a different way, you know, that people can take it a really wrong way. It's just words on the screen but it's how you turn it into your own voice in your head. That's the dangerous part, I reckon. I've gotten into the habit of unfriending and unfollowing people on Facebook because I'm like, if I see that every one of your posts is negative, this is how I decide if I'm going to unfriend or unfollow them. If it's somebody that I'm more likely going to see often and again, uh, I will keep them because I don't want to deal with the extra drama of deleting them because we all know that that's a huge thing because they delete me. It's like killing somebody, you know? What oh, no. It's so ridiculous. Like, you deleted me off Facebook. How dare you? And I'm just like, oh, my God. It's, it's official. It's a social media. Like, it's I didn't kill you. I didn't punch you in the face. I deleted you off Facebook. Oh, big deal. So those people I'll unfollow, or I'll unfollow so I don't have to see their nastiness in my newsfeed. And then other people I'll just unfriend. Like if I'm, if I might see them on the rare occasion, uh, they have, they're not family. They don't affect my life in any way. And in my unfriend is, and they might like post about me on Facebook. Oh my gosh. I will unfriend them and just be like, nope, sorry. I don't need your drama. I don't need your drama. Because when I was a beach body coach, we were taught to go and add like three to five people a day every day on Facebook. So that's what I was doing. So I have a bunch of people like that I'm friends with on Facebook that I'm like, I could care less. Like if you're going to post nastiness and drama all the time, I don't need that in my life. So I will just delete. I will just delete. And I'm sorry. We're not, we're not friends on Facebook anymore. Life's coming to an end. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have people that I've had to block on every single platform of social media in like, including LinkedIn and my blog and stupid places that you would never, ever dream that these people would pop up, yet they find it every single time. And it's just like, you've got to be kidding me. Did you not get the message by, I don't call you, I don't talk to you because you're a nightmare in general, and then 
you're starting to send like horrible messages via social media as well. What part of you don't fit into my idea of a friend do you not get? And it's, it's like it, this has been going on like nearly 20 years and it's like you've just got to stop. you just got to get it through your mind. And now I'm getting it from the partner and other people. Well, why aren't you friends with them? And it's like because they're not my sort of person. They treat me horrendously. They're verbally abusive. They're emotionally abusive. And if you all can't see that, that that's how they function, that's fine. But that's not how it functions for me. That is what happens when that person interacts. And it, it's that toxicity of the wrong people connecting with each other. And you have to draw the line somewhere. And if it's continuing, it's just like, oh, <laughs> I just want to send a big, you know, those glitter bombs. Yeah, I and want have a one. note I want inside saying to send it we're to not friends. No, but I want somebody to send it to me for fun. <laughs> send me a glitter bomb. You know my address. No, but, Drop it but, off. At like it, it's so hard sometimes for people to understand that it's okay that I don't want to be your friend, but you got to stop pushing the idea at some point too. We're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, and that's okay. Where it, where I say. you can't continue is if because you don't like that person you are mean to them like the people that continue to like oh i just don't like them so they're mean and rude no that's not that's not the way this this happens like you still be kind and polite when you're around somebody even if you don't like them like you can rarely tell unless you're close friends with me who i do and do not like um because i am so i'm nice to everybody like, I don't yeah. care if I don't like you. I'm still going to be nice to you. I'm still going to tolerate you. I might even be friends with you on Facebook, and I still don't like you. <laughs> but I will have teeth marked in my tongue after I finish seeing yes. you because I'm trying really hard not to say anything I shouldn't. <laughs> I, have, I have one girl that I'm just like, I don't, from day one, I was just like, I just, no, no. And I, it like, she, every time around her, it gets under my skin, and I'm just like, I need to go home and scrub myself. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> but I mean I'm still really kind because just because yeah. I don't like her doesn't mean she's a bad person it just means like yeah. my my radar for people is saying no 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 run away and so that's what I do and I just limit the amount of times that I'm around her if I know I'm going to be around her I try to stay pretty busy so I don't have to talk to her a lot um, but that's it I have those people and you still have to be kind because they are friends with other people that they're still a person you know yeah, and they still have feelings and things, but it it's okay to I guess what I was trying to get at, it's okay to have that boundary of Yes. We don't have to be friends. You don't have to be commenting on everything or being part of my life. But if I see you, I'll still be polite to you because that's the way I was raised is to be kind to everybody. Yeah, you can't It doesn't mean I'm your friend. <laughs> you can't be friends with everybody. It's just not even possible. Like, yeah. we are just all completely d- different people, and we've said this in the podcast before, it'd be a really boring life if we were all the same, but we just don't. Some people you're going to click with, some people you're not going to click with, some people, and that's okay, but just don't be a rude freaking person and, you know, be mean and make hateful comments because somebody's not friends with you or you don't like them. I'm sorry, not everybody's going to be your friend. I saw a thing yesterday, and it was um on... Mozart in the City, the new TV show on Amazon. Mm. It was something like, you can't have harmony if everybody goes out on a solo career. I was like, that's kind of what's going on at the minute. Everybody's going out for themselves, just in general. And they're forgetting that for us to function as a race, 
we actually have to value each other's differences and you can still be polite to someone regardless of where they're from or how they're brought up or what they wear or what they look like or, you know, you shouldn't be commenting on what they wear in public, but you can still say hi and keep walking. Or their weight. I know. Can you imagine if we walked around without filters? Can you imagine the comment? Uh, actually, we, <laughs> I get some of these comments already, but you're like, can you imagine the, just their verbal abuse people would give each other in the street and you'd just be like, what the hell is wrong with that person? And it's because you've got the basis already to know that you're meant to be kind to another person, but for some reason everybody puts a keyboard in front of them and then nasty ass people <laughs> you don't have to say everything that comes to your mind <laughs> no. I made, well i made a post the other day i uh, remember about uh, compassion or being or it was be compassionate to other people and i talked about if you were born in a different area of the world and as a different race as a different sex you know in a different income bracket then you would have different beliefs or a different religion. You'd have different beliefs and perceptions. And I've had this conversation with people who are like, no, I would change. I would know the right way. I would know this God is the right God and I would change. I'm like, you're full of crap. No. You would change just about as much as you change right now. Like, because yeah. you're brought up with certain beliefs and perceptions. And yes, we all can change, but many people choose not to. They are like, I was brought up that I'm better than this person because I make more money than them. No, that doesn't make you better than them. Does that mean that I am better than who I was like years ago just because I make more money now? No, I'm better than her because I'm a nicer person. <laughs> but I, when I first met Chris, he was the most arrogant person I've ever met. And I remember going out for dinner with him a couple of times and I wanted to kill him by the end of the meal because he was, he never said please. He'd never say thank you. He just, he would sit there and expect things. And we've we've had conversation about this a lot. And it's only been in recent years that he's actually gone, ah, and he is really kind and he's grown and he's changed in those respects. But it's taken a really long time for him to realise that the mentality that he was brought up with, the oh, well, that waitress, I'm paying her wages tonight by having this meal, so she therefore works for me. And I said to him, that waitress could be putting herself through university or school or night school or she could be paying for her baby to be able to go to gymnastics, you know, in a couple of years' time. She might be paying off a car loan. You don't know someone's story. Just because they work in a restaurant doesn't mean that they're the lowest common denominator. In fact, we find, I think from me working in hospitality for so long and working, I had five jobs at uni, um, and I think from him seeing me do that, he's now realised just how much people work and just, you know, how much that they occasionally need a, hey, you did a good job today. But um, I guess his upbringing has reflected a lot in that and then he's chosen being out of home to grow and to change and he's become his own person, which can happen, but, yeah. I it just know. takes time. I worked at both Burger King and McDonald's and people treat you like trash when you work yeah. at those places. These are real people that are working at places that you might not want to work at, but they're going to college or raising a family or doing what they have to do. And maybe they're working there because they chose to work there because, you know, it's going to help pay their bills. Or that was the only job available. Or that's the only job when I worked at Burger King I thought I could get. I didn't think I could get a better job because I was in such a bad place mentally that I was like, yeah. nobody else is going to hire me. Why would they hire me? 
I'm like, now I'm like, everybody should hire me because I'm like, <laughs> I got offered a job the other day uh, with a financial place. And I was just like, I'm not going to. I like working for myself because it's flexible. <laughs> but when it, you know, when it comes to friends, we just need to really trust our gut. Really just say, yeah. does this person feel right to me? Does this feel comfortable? And and like Casey said on her in, on her podcast interview is, you know, don't take the very first impression because it, they might have had a bad day. You yeah. know, give them a second chance. But don't continue to give them second chances over and over and over again because you're just building up that when you're like, I have this horrible friend and she's so toxic to me. But when did you say no? When did you say this is not how it's going to happen? And, and you need to set those boundaries with people, not because you're more important to them, but because... I'm important and you're important too. And I tell my clients this all the time. When you set boundaries with people, you're giving them permission to set boundaries also. You're giving them permission to say, don't text me at two o'clock in the morning. I feel bad because I, I I called Debbie at 11 o'clock at night the other night when I was really drunk. <laughs> she, th- she found it funny because you know she texted me back. She said, uh, is everything okay? And I was like, I was a little drunk. I dialed you drunk dial. And she's like, oh, I feel really sexy right now. I feel like I'm a hot <laughs> commodity. Megan's calling me drunk butt Booty dial. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny. I mean, but then there's also like that time that you need to say like, you know, if it's a consistent thing, if I called her at 11 o'clock at night all the time, that would be a different, when you need to say, no, this is not okay. I yeah. put my phone on do not disturb mode when I go to bed. Because I don't, I don't, I don't respond to anything when I'm sleeping. Don't bother my sleep. Don't, no, don't yeah. do it. Um, so you need to have those boundaries so that you can say to people, no, you know, this is not okay. I'm important. You're important too. We should have these boundaries because even with our spouses, like we shouldn't be saying to our spouse, like you can rule my life. No, sir. You cannot rule my life. You can, you can grow with me in life, yes. but you can't be the ruler of it. No. Just vice versa. I cannot be the ruler of his life either. I don't think he'd do very well if I tried to do that. <laughs> I tried to do that in the first couple years of our marriage, and you can hear more about that on the parenting podcast. <laughs> but it's a constant battle when you do that. Yeah. Because just You're fighting for no reason, and they're fighting because you're trying to push things on them that doesn't work with them. So we are only have a couple of minutes left, Jules. What are three tips that you have to give our audience about friendships about growing them cultivating them having them Mm. I still like the trust you got always always um be kind but I say that all the time be kind always you should be kind to everybody yeah you can you can make someone's day by being polite to them um and three I don't know. You're not. I. It's your line. <laughs> you're not. You're not everybody's friend. You don't have to be everybody's friend. My mum told me that from a little girl. You don't have to tell. You know. You don't have to be everybody's friend. You can just have one or two. I used to be like, but I want to be liked by people. I think that's why you and I connect so strongly with each other. <laughs> but it is. It's a. There is a need to want to fit in, but. It's okay to wait and take your time and find the people in your life that make it amazing, like fireworksy awesome. Yes. That's a new word, fireworksy awesome. See, I'm not the only one coming up with words in this podcast. It's great. <laughs> for me, I would say I accept people for their imperfections. Don't expect that your friend is going to be perfect. They're human. They're going to do stuff sometimes that's not going to be the great greatest thing, but it takes – 
It takes five positive. Um, you're perfect in your imperfection. I love that. Love yourself. It takes five positive experiences to negate every negative experience you have. So you have to evaluate your friendships and say, am I having more positive experiences with this person than negative? Or are, are the negatives outweighing the positive? Yes, mm. it's okay for somebody to have a bad day and something happens. But if that's a constant, then it's just going to drain us. So my second tip is to look for those friendships that fill your bucket. I tell my clients, we our bucket is our energy. And people and situations and things are either going to fill our bucket, take away from our bucket, or do a little bit of both. You know, they might just even it out. So your friendships should be those that fill your bucket, or even if it evens it out, that would be okay. But don't have those friendships that are constantly taking, taking, taking from you and not giving back because that's, it's got to be a two-way street. It's got to be a, a mutual beneficial relationship, not just one person gets way more out of it than the other person. Have you read that book, the kid's book, Have You Filled Your Bucket? No. They've actually made that exact quote into a little storybook. We Ooh. bought it for Titi when she's having trouble with school. And now when she's hurting the brothers or she's doing the wrong thing, she'll usually in tears, she's our little drama girl, <laughs> she'll say, I'm taking out of your bucket. And it's like, yeah, it's a really simple concept. But the more people that actually read or listen and see that, story the better because we showed Chris he's like that is really cool concept he's like everybody walks around with invisible buckets including dogs and animals and things like that so if you're hitting a dog you're taking away from its happy bucket and if I'm nasty to you I'm taking out of your bucket but I'm also losing out of mine so neither of us win it's very cool I'm going to show it to you next time I see you I'll have to link that (laughs) up on the show notes so if anybody doesn't know how to see the show notes is if you go to inspiredwomenpodcast.com Every episode that we do, there's show notes for it. But also, like, on iTunes, you can click on the podcast and it shows the show notes. But my final tip is, and I'm going to take this from you, Jules, because you've said this on a podcast before. People are friends with you for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. People are not always meant to be your friend forever. They're not always meant to be in your life forever. They might only be in it for a moment, because that's what they're, that's the, the part that they're supposed to serve. Or maybe they're in it for like a year or two. And that's great. And you were friends. And instead of being like me and getting butt hurt and mourning my friendships that end, you need to just be like, there's a reason. It's okay. It's got to go. There was a reason for us to be friends. And now we're not anymore. And I have known a few of my friendships that I was mourning even like a year ago that ended. I, I mourned for a very long time. I realized those people would not, I would not be doing what I'm doing today had I stayed friends with those people because they did not help me grow. They tried to hold me back. They would tell me like, instead of being an entrepreneur, which was not a real job, I needed to, yeah, I know. I I get that all the time. (laughs) I needed to go get a job outside to help support my family. Instead of like seeing that this is my purpose and this is what I need to be doing and the fact that those people that are close and love me and true friends can see that and they want me to grow. Um, but some of these friends didn't and they were there for a reason and they were there to yep. show me a lesson, but they're not anymore and that's okay. So Jules, thank you for chatting with friendship about with me. Yay. I love you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me again. Because you have to. <laughs> I don't have a choice in the matter. All right, guys, thank you so much for uh joining us for our friendship podcast. If you have not subscribed on all of the platforms and check this out hit the button subscribe i mean that helps us but it also helps you because then you see every time there's a new podcast up 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Inspired Women Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, write us a review, and share this out with your friends and family. See you next week.